Chapter Two of Love Insurance by Earl Durr Biggers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Two An Evening in the River. Though San Marco is a particularly gaudy tassel on the fringe of the tourists' south, it was to the north that Mr. Richard Minot first turned one hour later he made his appearance amid the gold braid and dignity of the plaza lobby the young man behind the desk an exquisite creature done in charles dana gibson's best manner knew when to be affable he also knew when not to be affable upon mr minot he turned the cold fishy stare he kept for such as were not guests under his charge what is your business with lord harrowby he inquired suspiciously since when asked mr minot brightly have you been in his lordship's confidence this was the young man's cue to wince but hotel clerks are notoriously poor wincers it is customary he began with perfect poise i know said mr minot but then i'm a sort of a friend of his lordship a sort of a friend how well he lifted his eyebrows something like that i believe i'm to be best man at his wedding ah yes that splendid young man knew when to be affable affability swamped him now boy he cried take this gentleman's car to lord harrowby a bell-boy in a zenda uniform accepted the card laid it upon a silver tray glued it down with a large new york thumb and strayed off down gilded corridors shouting lord harrowby whereat all the pretty little debutantes who happened to be decorating the scene at the moment felt their pampered hearts go pit-a-pat and closing their eyes saw visions and dreamed dreams lord harrowby was at luncheon and sent word for mr minot to join him entering the gay dining-room minot saw at the far end the blonde and noble head he sought he threaded his way between the tables although he was an unusually attractive young man he had never experienced anything like the array of stares turned upon him ere he had gone ten feet what the devil's the matter he asked himself i seem to be the cynosure of neighboring eyes and then some he did not dream that it was because he was passing through a dining-room of democrats to grasp the hand of a lord my dear fellow i'm delighted i assure you really lord harrowby's face should have paid closer attention to his words just now it failed ignominiously in the matter of backing them up thank you mr minot replied your lordship is no doubt surprised at seeing me so soon well not at all shall i order luncheon no thanks i had a bite on the way up and mr minot dropped into the chair which an eager waiter held ready lord harrowby i trust you are not going to be annoyed by what i have to tell you his lordship's face clouded and worry entered the mild blue eyes i hope there is nothing wrong about the policy nothing whatever lord harrowby mr jephson trusts you implicitly so i perceived this morning i was deeply touched it was mm, touching minot smiled a bit cynically understanding as you do how mr jephson feels toward you you will realize that it is in no sense a reflection on you that our office 
viewing this matter in a purely business light has decided that someone must go to san marco with you someone who will protect mr jephson's interests your office said his lordship reflecting you mean mr thacker don't you could it be that the fellow was not so slow as he seemed mr thacker is the head of our office smiled mr minot it has been thought best that someone go with you lord harrowby someone who will work night and day to see to it that miss meyrick does not change her mind i i am the some one i hope you're not annoyed my dear chap not in the least when i said this morning that i was quite set on this marriage i was frightfully sincere and now his lordship's face frank and boyish in no wise belied his words i shall be deeply grateful for any aid lloyd's can give me and i am already grateful that lloyd's has selected you to be my ally really very decent of him dick minot bowed you go south to-night he ventured yes on the yacht lilith belonging to my friend mr martin wall you have heard of him no i can't say that i have indeed i understood he was very well known here a big bluff hearty chap we met on the steamer coming over and became very good friends a pause you will enjoy meeting mr wall said his lordship meaningly when i introduce you to him in san marco lord harrowby said minot slowly my instructions are to go south with you on the yacht for a moment the two men stared into each other's eyes then lord harrowby pursed his thin lips and gazed out at fifth avenue gay and colorful in the february sun how extremely unfortunate he drawled it is not my boat mr minot if it were nothing would give me greater pleasure than to extend an invitation to you i understand said minot but i am to go invited or uninvited in my interests asked harrowby sarcastically as the personal conductor of the bridegroom mr minot really i have no wish to be rude lord harrowby but it is our turn to be a little fantastic now could anything be more fantastic than boarding a yacht uninvited but miss meyrick on whom after all mr jephson's fate depends is already in florida with her lamp trimmed and burning how sad your lordship if some untoward event should interfere with the coming of the bridegroom i perceive smiled lord harrowby that you do not share mr jephson's confidence in my motives this is new york and a business proposition every man in new york is considered guilty until he proves himself innocent and then we move for a new trial nevertheless lord harrowby's mouth hardened i must refuse to ask you to join me on the lilith would you mind telling me where the boat is anchored somewhere in the north river i believe i don't know really you don't know wouldn't it be a bit difficult boarding a yacht when you don't know where to find it my dear chap began harrowby angrily no matter mr minot stood up i'll say au revoir lord harrowby until to-night 
or until we meet in san marco lord harrowby regained his good nature i'm extremely sorry to be so impolite but i believe we're going to be very good friends none the less we're going to be very close to each other at any rate minot smiled once more au revoir your lordship pardon me good-bye answered lord harrowby with decision and richard minot was again threading his way between odd tables walking slowly down fifth avenue mr minot was forced to admit that he had not made a very auspicious beginning in his new role why had lord harrowby refused so determinedly to invite him aboard the yacht that was to bear the eager bridegroom south and what was he to do now might he not discover where the yacht lay boarded at dusk and conceal himself in a vacant cabin until the party was well under way it sounded fairly simple but it proved otherwise he was balked from the outset for two hours in the library of his club in telephone booths and elsewhere he sought for some tangible evidence of the existence of a wealthy american named martin wall and a yacht called the lilith city directories and yacht club yearbooks alike were silent myth 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 ran through dick minot's mind was lord harrowby as they say at the gaiety spoofing him he mounted to the top of a bus and was churned up riverside drive along the banks of the river lay dozens of yachts dismantled swathed in winter coverings among the few that appeared ready to sail his keen eye discerned no lilith somewhat discouraged he returned to his club and startled a waiter by demanding dinner at four-thirty in the afternoon going then to his rooms he exchanged his overcoat for a sweater his hat for a golf cap at five-thirty a spy for the first time in his eventful young life he stood opposite the main entrance of the plaza nearby ticked a taxi engaged for the evening an hour passed lights laughter limousines the cold moon adding its brilliance to that already brilliant square the winter wind sighing through the bare trees of the park new york seemed a city of dreams suddenly the chauffeur of minot's taxi stood uneasily before him say you ain't going to shoot anybody are you he asked oh no you needn't be afraid of that i ain't afraid i just thought i'd take off my license number if he was ah yes new york city of beautiful dreams another hour slipped by and only the little taxi meter was busy winking mechanically at the unresponsive moon at eight fifteen a tall blond man in a very expensive fur coat which impressed even the cab starter came down the steps of the hotel he ordered a limousine and was whirled away to the west at eight fifteen and a half mr minot followed lord harrowby's car proceeded to the drive and turning sped north between the moonlit river and the manlit apartment houses in the neighborhood of one hundred and tenth street it came to a stop and as minot's car passed slowly by he saw his lordship standing in the moonlight paying his chauffeur hastily dismissing his own car he ran back in time to see lord harrowby disappear down one of the stone stairways into the gloom of the park that skirts the hudson he followed 
on and on down the steps and bare wind-swept paths he hurried until finally the river cold silvery serene lay before him some thirty yards from shore he beheld the lights of a yacht flashing against the gloomy background of jersey the lily he watched lord harrowby cross the railroad tracks to a small landing and leap from that into a boat in charge of a solitary rower then he heard the soft swish of oars and watched the boat draw away from shore he stood there in the shadow until he had seen his lordship run up the accommodation ladder to the lilith's deck he too must reach the lilith and at once but how he glanced quickly up and down the bank a small boat was tethered near by he ran to it but a chain and padlock held it firmly he must hurry aboard the yacht dancing impatiently on the bosom of hendrick hudson's important discovery he recognized the preparations for an early departure minot stood for a moment looking at the wide wet river it was february yes but february of mid-east of the mildest winter new york had experienced in years at the seashore he had always dashed boldly in while others stood on the sands and shivered he dashed in now the water was cold shockingly cold he struck out swiftly for the yacht fortunately the accommodation ladder had not yet been taken up in another moment he was clinging a limp and dripping spectacle to the rail of the lilith happily that side of the deck was just then deserted a row of outside cabin doors in the bow met minot's eye stealthily he swished toward them and in the last analysis the only thing between him and them proved to be a large commanding gentleman whose silhouette was particularly militant and whose whole bearing was unfavorable mr wall i presume said minot through noisy teeth correct said the gentleman his voice was sharp unfriendly but the moonlight falling on his face revealed it as soft genial pudgy the inviting sort of countenance to which under the melting influence of scotch and soda one feels like relating the sad story of one's wasted life though soaked and quaking mr minot aimed at nonchalance well he said you might be good enough to tell lord harrowby that i've arrived who are you what do you want i'm a friend of his lordship he'll be delighted i'm sure just tell him if he'll be so kind did he invite you aboard not exactly but he'll be glad to see me especially if you mention just one word to him what word mr minot leaned airily against the rail lloyd's he said an expression of mingled rage and dismay came into the pudgy face it purpled in the moonlight its huge owner came threateningly toward the dripping minot back into the river for yours he said savagely almost lovingly so it might have seemed to the casual observer he wound his thick arms about the dripping minot up and down the deck they turkey trotted over the rail and into the river breathed mr wall on minot's damp neck two large and capable sailormen came at the sound of the struggle here boys wall shouted help me toss this guy over willing hands seized minot at opposite poles one two counted the sailormen well good night mr wall 
remarked minot three a splash and he was ingloriously in the cold river again he turned to the accommodation ladder but quick hands drew it up evidently there was nothing to do but return once more to little old new york he rested for a moment treading water seeing dimly the tall homes of the cave dwellers and over them the yellow glare of broadway then he struck out when he reached the shore and turned the lilla was already under way moving slowly down the silver path of the moon an old man was launching the padlocked rowboat great night for a swim he remarked sarcastically lovely chattered minot say do you know anything about the yacht that's just steamed out not as much as i liked her used to belong to a man in chicago yesterday the caretaker told me she'd been rented for the winter seen him tonight in a gin mill with money to throw to the birds looks funny to me thanks man came this afternoon and painted out her old name changed it to lilith mighty suspicious what was the old name the lady adeline if i was you i'd get outside a drink and quick good night as minot dashed up the bank he heard the swish of the old man's oars behind he ran all the way to his rooms and after a hot bath and the liquid refreshment suggested by the waterman called mr thacker on the telephone well richard that gentleman inquired sad news little cupid's had a setback tossed into the hudson when he tried to board the yacht that is taking lord harrowby south no is that so mr thacker's tone was contemplative well richard the palm beach special leaves at midnight better be on it better go down and help the bride with her trousseau yes sir i'll do that and i'll see to it that she has her lamp trimmed and burning considering that her father's in the oil business that ought not to be i can't hear you richard what are you saying nothing um mr thacker look up a yacht called the lady evelyn chicago man i think find out if he's rented it and to whom it's the boat harrowby went south on all right richard good-bye my boy write me whenever you need money perhaps i can't write as often as that but i'll send you bulletins from time to time i depend on you richard jephson must not lose leave it to me the palm beach special at midnight and after that miss cynthia merrick End of chapter two